Tavisol Masia on SAFM. And let's get straight into the cricket now. And before we bring on our guest, I just want to play some clips. Let's hear from one of the country's cricket stalwarts, a former president of the ICC. It doesn't get bigger than that, Mr. Ray Marley, who spoke to SABC Sport earlier today, just a day after his 81st birthday. Well, the signs look good. If you look at the present South African cricket team, there is hope that we are moving in the, in the right direction with the leadership that is there. And uh, a South African team has got to portray the fact that uh, the majority of the people in this country are black. If that is not the case, then we are not doing our work. With what we have on the board there, the guys who are uh, the leadership, I take my hat off. They have done what we failed to do. So that's Mr. Ray Marley there telling us, giving us his views on uh, cricket in SA. And here's another clip about the current state of the game. You know, this has to start at the lower levels of the game. At the top, once you want to, you try to change professionals, no, they are infected already. It's about money. It's about winning. We need to start at the lower levels at school level, at the academy level, to make sure that what is coming out of those uh, divisions or institutions, it is pure and clean. Now we're only trying to wash something that is already dirty. This is not acceptable. It's going to drive supporters away from the game. People want to see a fair game. And especially with us, black people. So there you have it. He's also touching on that ball tampering issue that dominated the headlines there, uh, also between uh, the Proteas and Australia. But let's get straight into the discussion now, folks. Let me introduce our guests, SABC cricket commentator and analyst, sports commentator, actually. He does everything. Uh, this man, Mlulekin Tsabo. Peiji, good evening, sir. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening, Tariso, and to our SAFM listeners. And uh, also, yeah, I'd like to congratulate and welcome you on the CBC platforms. Thank you, sir. It's great to be part of the family. And we've got a 12th man here that's come in to replace Jeff Toyana. We can't find him. He's somewhere in the bushes there, uh, Jeffrey Toyana. Uh, Aslam Kota, I'm sure we all know him. Analyst, cricket analyst, uh, legendary Aslam Kota. He also joins us uh, just to talk about the state of cricket. Good evening, sir, and thank you for giving us your time. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening to uh, to Mleleki as well. Yeah, I just had to pack away my sandpaper. That's why I was a bit late. <laughs> Good one. I think we're off to a great start here. Uh, Aslam, and we also have uh, the Dolphins coach, Grant Morgan, who's going to uh, be part of the discussion as we go along. But, Mlu, I just want to pick up the conversation maybe from the clips that we, we played, just as part of educating the young ones who are listening to us. Who is Ray Mali Mleleki in Taiwan? How would you describe Ray Mali? Well, I've, <laughs> uh, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting Ray Mali whenever I think I must have, I must have been a nine year old or something mm. uh, back when we started playing age group cricket at the time, and he was uh, also heavily involved in uh, uh, cricket in Alice. Um, he was there. 
the president of the Victoria East at the time, and also heavily involved in developing the game in that region, Port Elizabeth and the, the surroundings. Uh, so um, he's, he's a cricket man through and through. Ever since I met him, um, all I knew about him was uh, the man who had love for the game and they wanted to develop it. They wanted it to expand. And as you, as you have said, is a former ICC president mm-hmm. who came on in a very unfortunate uh, circumstances at the time uh, with the passing of uh, the then uh, president, uh, South Africa's uh, Pesuson, yes. and he took over. But uh, before that, he was uh, the president of uh, border cricket. So he's done the time. He's um, he, he's a cricket man, as I said. And behind the scenes, and they hardly gets appreciated, to be quite honest, on what he has done uh, till uh, this day, as you said, 81 years old, mm. and that's 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 quite an innings for him. Still going strong too, uh, Mr. Ray Mali. Um, I should have just over to you there, um, Mr. Mali believes that SA cricket is in a good state compared to when uh, he was in charge. From your point of view, sir, what is the state of SA cricket at the moment? How would you describe it? So we said there's just so many uh, aspects and angles to uh, the state of cricket because it's a very broad term. Uh, if you're looking at the uh, at the national team and uh, the way they've performed, uh, certainly they've done very well at test level. Uh, their their performances at the one-day international level certainly is a uh, cause for concern. Uh, as far as the uh, representativity is concerned, I think it continues to show uh, drastic improvement. Uh, we've seen a lot more players coming into the system, and each of them who have come in have done well for themselves. They haven't embarrassed themselves, so the system is churning out good cricketers. So from that point of view, yes, I would uh, I would certainly pick it off. But uh, you know, since the uh, the the fallout of the the G, uh, global T20 last year, yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned, whatever the politics was behind that uh, is, is one issue. But the other is that. Uh, CSA themselves have to get their house in order. There's a huge season coming up that includes the World Cup. Uh, there's tours to Australia and Sri Lanka that uh, South Africa need to prepare for as well. So, um, And then when you go to ICC meetings, they have the annual ICC meeting, I think sometime in June, and then there's one later in the year. So we need to be represented by uh, good good uh, governance and good uh, management. And I think under Chris Manzani, we certainly have that. Uh, they obviously need to uh, advertise the position of the CEO and get that also sorted out once and for all. And uh, once that is uh, elected, because that is part of what was recommended uh, uh, over, what, five, five years ago, 2013, uh, at the uh, transformation in Daba, that uh, they had to adopt the Nicholson report uh, and findings. And since then, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's been very well uh, governed and organized, PSA has been. But they need to get all of that in order. So, again, as I said, there's just so much to it. Mm. Uh, you look at cricket at the lower level, mm. and we keep getting encouraging signs of what's been happening at the cricket weeks. We know also Lawrence Martlani is handling the under-19 team. They didn't have a successful World Cup, but they're already in preparation. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the, the wheels keep mo- moving. The wheels are in motion, but uh, you can't take your eye off the ball. Mm, and I'm glad you touched on the Proteas there, uh, Aslam. Let's pick it up right from the top, gentlemen. The Proteas, Mlu, a year before the World Cup, do the Proteas have all the bases covered? Because it's always the big one, the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, if, you, if you look at what uh, has transpired uh, with the white ball so far uh, with the South African team, 
you, you, you're, you wouldn't really say out loud and said they've got all their base, uh, bases covered as mm. well. So uh, I've always said that um, South Africa, we've always uh, put out a good team uh, to represent us. But it, it's always been a, a right mix at the right time. So uh, my issue has always been that whether the the wicket is, is suited the the eleven that uh, South Africa have picked for for a certain game. So we do have the talent to be quite honest. And I'm gonna say it broadly uh, in, in terms of that we've we've seen what has happened in domestic cricket so far. Yeah. Um, some some young guys that are coming through now. And and are uh, uh, big performers uh, in, in the world stage, and so yes, we do. But the, the reason, or the tricky question, is that the right mix at the right time. Will, will we have that? Uh, it remains to be seen. Mm. Aslam, what are the areas of concern, maybe from your side in this ODI team? Any department that you feel needs strengthening? And uh, you know what we saw against India was uh, a team that was disjointed. I think uh, the somehow. They fell uh, into the trap against spinners, and uh, we also saw that, uh, uh, which, is, which happens from time to time, which, whichever team sport, that some of your better players suddenly uh, uh, don't have form. And when it all happens to the big guns all at one time, then it certainly becomes a crisis. But that's why the, the selectors have, have, have hung on and they've stuck with their tried and tested players. They obviously got some new guys coming in and uh, they are obviously showing their, their, their own worth as well. But I think the, the main concern is that they need to click all at once. Uh, I was actually very, uh, uh, how can you say, it? it was a blessing in disguise. Mm. And South Africa actually lost the series against India. Because every time since 1992 or let's say since 1996, when South Africa entered the, the World Cup, the ICC World Cup, they were among the favourites, at least in the top two, not even the top four. And uh, they've always come short. So this time the build-up is obviously uh, has uh, some concerns, and uh, hopefully there's less pressure on them by the time they get to the World Cup, and then it all falls together. Because to be so you'll be interested with one uh, statistic. Is that teams that have won the World Cup, apart from Ricky Ponting's team here in South Africa in 2003 and in 2007 in the West Indies, there was never an out-and-out favourite. The West Indies, because they won it right in the beginning in 75 and 79, went into 83 as the favourites. And it was India who were, I think, ranked outsiders that went on to win the World Cup. So for me, maybe the less less pressure on the team uh, and uh, the big guns all with the back end ball come together when it matters. Uh, is, 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 is going to be important. So to me, that is the main area of concern, finding consistency, finding a, a blend in that uh, final 15 that they will select that will do the job in England. And the other thing is, uh, an important point to make is when you go to England and India, those type of places, you don't necessarily pick your form player, but you pick players that generally perform in those type of conditions. So it's horses for courses. But, of course, uh, the, the, the selectors will be looking at all of that. And uh, the one advantage they have is Notus Gibson. Uh, with all of the experience and especially with uh, what he's seen in England over the last, uh, I think, 12 years that he's been involved there, uh, will bring a lot of wisdom to, to, to the South African camp. You talk about pressure, Aslam. When you talk about pressure, are you talking about the C word or are you trying to avoid <laughs> using the C word? I mean, how big a factor is the C word going no, no, into I'm, the I'm, World I'm, in, fact, in, in fact, I don't think uh, that uh, I, I tend to, and we will tell you that I always argue, uh, not, not on air, but just amongst friends, mm. that I hate to use the, choke, the, 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 the word choking because uh, England have never won the World Cup. 
uh, they were actually in a cup final in, in uh, 1979. They got to a cup final in 1992. They've been there twice and haven't won it. Mm. So uh, there haven't been any other team that has actually got to a World Cup final and not won. So uh, to me, uh, that's, that's an unkind word. It's unfair to the players. And, and uh, I tend not to use it. So what you heard, what you see is what you get. <laughs> Namlu, over to you. Um Aslam actually touched on uh, the influence of coach Otis Gibson, having been obviously with the England team and familiar with the condition. What for you has he brought into this team from what you've seen uh, covering cricket throughout the summer here on SABC Sport? Yeah, Tavi, so first of all, I would like to also touch on what Aslam has said in terms of uh, how South Africa have uh, prepared mm. in, in, in going into these tournaments and uh, having good teams and uh, those that, that big term of being the favourites or top two, as you said. Um, but our demise has been slow bowling, if not spin bowling, mostly. Mm. Throughout, if you look, you, you'll have to, to look closely to, the, to, to these games and the encounters where South Africa were in a position uh, to, 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 to progress in the next round or something, which is, I also agree with him uh, about the C word. Um, I, I think <laughs> you have to be in a good position to win the game, to to, to lose it. I don't know if, I, if, if, if I'm being clear to you. Um, uh, yes, Tariko. yes, no, loud and clear, loud there's, and clear. There's never, yes, there's never, there's never been a, a situation where I think South Africa are in a position to win the World Cup. As he said, that in, in, the, 90, in the late 70s, England went to the World Cup. Early 90s, they also went to the final twice. And they, 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 they were in a position to win the World Cup, and they didn't. So um, how, how, how can you label a side that has never been in a position before. Mm-hmm. Um, Otis Gibson, um, a, a well-traveled man, uh, a man who knows his story. First, first and foremost, he's a, he's a, he's a bowling coach. And, and then comes the responsibility of being the national coach. I think he has embraced uh, the other role, uh, the primary role, which I think he, 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 he has been doing throughout for, for countries that he's helped before. Uh, we've seen the young uh, Vian Nolder. He's got him in yes. a pocket at the moment, working with the youngster with his bowling. Christian Rabat has improved immensely, um, also in terms of the maturity on, how, on what we, he wants. Uh, uh, on the field as well as a bowler, and as uh, this young chef, young uh, Lunging Didi, he's worked with the Morkel, Venom, Philander, and all of those chefs, and they've been performing well. The standard for of bowling in South Africa and the South African team um, has has improved uh, has improved immensely. And I I doubt if I'm looking back at the games where South Africa haven't managed to win, especially in the Test match where it it has been bowlers that have failed uh, the, the South African side. So mm. yeah, so far so good for him and uh, going to England in 2019 for me going to the white ball, white ball now I think uh, there's an opportunity for South Africa to have an inside info in terms of the conditions and what he wants in the side too to try and help out the selectors in their mix Okay, great stuff. And that's enough from the Proteas. Now, I want us to go a level down now, gentlemen, and talk about first-class cricket. Uh, firstly, there's a lot of talk that the standard of play um, in, in, in first-class cricket has dropped. And uh, let's get the thoughts of Grant Morgan before we go to the break, the Dolphins coach. What are his thoughts on, on these views that the standard of play in first-class cricket has dropped? Yeah, look, um, <coughs> there, is a, there, there, there is definitely uh, at times uh, there's been a... Uh, 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 regression in, in, in the standard to a certain degree um, with regards to, you know, us, us um, 
losing players and and when when international players are injured we we we, we maybe sometimes you know um the feeling is that the standard of the bowling might have gone down. I don't know if you saw this this season's uh, initial games, all the draws. It could have been argued that it was flat wickets, but maybe in our senior bowling departments, there's, 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 we're just going through a generation where maybe there's a little bit of a dearth of talent. Um, but, you know, I think that's also a, a highly critical view um, from a South African point of view. And, Maybe if you go elsewhere in the world, one realizes that we've got a hell of a lot of talent. So, mm. you know, cricket goes through phases and that, and um, we we seem to keep producing the player that we need at international level. I mean, your Markhams and your Abadas come through. So um, it's probably just a phase, but probably slightly weaker at this stage, um, uh, yes. Mm. And we're also seeing uh, a number of black players coming through the system playing first-class cricket. Obviously, Cricket South Africa trying to meet their transformation targets. But us, are these players ready, Coach, from what you've seen um, on, on the field of play? Are they all ready or are we rushing them a little bit too quickly? Look, again, they're, they're, they're various. It depends on the individual player, the two and the individuals. It's probably, you know, every young player that's work in progress you saw this season uh, a guy like Tony DeZorzi, um mm. the way that he started getting hundreds for the Titans um, after last year looking a bit um, out of place. Obviously, he's gone and been well coached and, and, and sorted his, his game plans out. Uh, Lutando Manyanda and Grant McQuenna have done um, sterling work um, uh, through the season as opening batters. I mean, and, and, and that's one of the key areas where, where one feels that Black players haven't haven't really been always developing. He's right up the order, and 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 there's been positive signs there. Mm. Um, and we've always had um, a high volume of, of of good young black fast bowlers uh, coming through. So so probably some of them are are being pushed too early, but others are actually finding their game and 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 finding a way to actually produce performances. Mm. So. It's it's one of those things that that one has to really start doing one's homework. You know, you you can look at a guy's average and see that maybe he's averaging only 23 or 24 in his career, but suddenly you'll find over the last two seasons he's he's, he's had two really good years where he's averaged maybe in the high cities or over 40. So. Um, it's, it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And just finally, Coach, what's how's the quality in in schools cricket? Um, I mean, when we were growing up, we were playing Baker's mini cricket and all that. But further down now, how is, how's the quality there? Look, I, I've been a little bit divorced from that for the last while, although not for too long. Mm. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Dave Nosredi, uh, ex-partners and Lions coach, friend of mine, we, we started a business in Joburg while I, I, I went into that part of the game. And, I've always felt that our schools are extremely strong mm. and extremely. Um, uh, I, I don't think there's maybe even a country in the world that can compare to to our schooling systems and on what we create there. Mm. I think the greatest challenge is a financial one and a structural one for us to set up um, to set up um, things after school for for the kids. You know, between them finishing school. I mean, we've got great universities, and maybe we should think out the box. And just utilize a better system that can harness our university. That could become a first-class cricket system. I know we've got a vastly cut on that, but we can harness all those facilities and, and infrastructure that's set up there with top coaches to pull the guys through a bit quicker and funding. Okay, great stuff, Coach. Thank you very much for giving us a few minutes of your time. We appreciate it, Coach Grant. Thank you. It's a pleasure anytime. Thank you. Keep well, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye. Call Tabiso now. 0891 104 207.
7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. So that was our conversation with the Dolphins coach Grant Morgan. We couldn't take him live, so we had to record him and play it in the middle of the show because he's probably busy with cricket stuff. as a cricket fundi there, uh, Grant Morgan. But let's now go back to our guest, Mluleki Nzabo, SABC uh, cricket sports commentator and cricket analyst, of course. And we also have Aslam Kota also joining us. Mlu, I asked um, Grant about the fact that many people are saying the standard of first-class cricket has dropped. Do you agree with that? And and the reason that I asked him that is that a lot of people are saying that there are too many players coming in, some are not ready, and it's just caused a dip in the standard of first-class cricket. What's your take on that, Mululek? Well, there, there's so many aspects, uh, Tariso. Um First of all, for me, um, the, they, they talk about first-class cricket. Let's break this down to um, Blue State cricket, the T20s and, the, and first-class mm. and all of that. Then there is a, a, um, a level uh, below franchise cricket, which, mm. is, uh, which is semi-pro, uh, and that is still uh, deemed as first-class cricket. So whatever numbers that you accumulate from there, um, they, they count as first-class cricket if you play a three-day game or, or whatever mm-hmm. and coming up. I hear Morgan's talking about the, the numbers that are made, the averages and all yes. of that. Um, so it becomes a, there's, a, there's, there's a bit of an issue there where it's a, it's a lot cosmetic. Uh, Tabiso comes out with 50 with the average of 67. He's played one franchise game and about six other um, the semi-pro games, and he scored hundreds in, in some of them with a good average. Uh, does that make him a, a player that is ready to play for the pro tiers? Now that's across that's across the color. Um, there, there lies a question where, whether that person is ready to go a step up or not. Uh, in terms of that, if he's going to say that the, the standard has dropped, for those that have said the standard has dropped, has dropped, in my opinion, I think mainly could be that because of that combined uh, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't, I, I, I don't know if, if, if Aslam can come up to mm. and, and, and explain it a little bit further to, the, to this. But before I finish my point is that um, other, uh, other factors are that because of the, uh, the, the, the transformation that has lowered the bar, in my opinion, I think that is, uh, that is unfounded and very malicious uh, statements that are being made too. Um, if you're going to have a side like the, the, the Titans, you have all the Proteus players and are keeping them in their sides, and you have a, a side like the Warriors, for, for example, who hardly have a national team player, or you go to the Knights, or other, other sides too. So mm-hmm. um, how are you going to get the standard that you're looking for? If you, if you, where is where, the standard? Where do you gauge this line that you're talking about? Um, so there, there's a line for me. There's a way I can't give you a definitive answer, mm-hmm. but I can find a lot of uh, problems which I think could constitute to what the people are claimed as a, a standard having had dropped, but I don't think it's through transformation at all. I refute that. Aslam, has the standard dropped? Um, I think most leagues in the world, uh, most uh, systems in the world will tell you that uh, they have troughs. You have the ups and downs. You have good seasons. You have good periods. You have uh, not so good periods. There'll be a time where there are a tremendous uh, uh, talent coming through all at once. I remember in '95, '96, uh, you could you could uh, almost name the entire 19 team that played for South Africa yeah. that eventually went on to play at international level. 
you get uh, seasons a, li- a little later where none of the under-90s actually come through. And if they did, it was uh, after many years of uh, being part of the system. And then, as you saw, the World Cup winning team has had three or four uh, players that have emerged, uh, like Markham and Nevada, that come to mind. Mm. That suddenly uh, have done well, and they almost took to international cricket like Duck to Water. So it has uh, a period of, of, of positivity and also sometimes negativity. But overall, I think there are a few uh, issues which Cricket South Africa will have to uh, address. One of it is when you when when your when your state of cricket is is uh, uh, being questioned and the quality of it, then the type of wickets that have been prepared is one thing. Mm. The other is they introduced the point system uh, last year, which encouraged draws. Where is there a competition in the world where you encourage a draw? So that needs to be looked at, and it was uh, even though uh, Mark Boucher was the winning uh, coach in in the um, mm. uh, Sun series. Uh, he certainly made that point known uh, very loud and clear. So that's something that they need to address. And then also, uh, fast-tracking players is one thing uh, through the system, but it also has its disadvantages. And then suddenly you're expecting those youngsters that have had sort of good starts and you think they're going to deliver at the at the higher level, they don't. So suddenly with uh, an incumbent, and let's just say his name is Mulek and Sabo, He's done very well uh, running up towards getting uh, picks out of semi-pro into into a provincial or franchise level. And suddenly there, he's not able to deliver. So I think the standards of coaching, as good as it is, uh, the fast-tracking, they need to somehow find a measure there. They need to find the balance so that when the players come through, and that's any player of, 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 of standard and color, it, it's got nothing to do with transformation. Mm. It's just how they manage that. And coaches have this great responsibility because they also want to pick youngsters and, and, and have youngsters contracted into their system that's going to win trophies for them. So it's also very much about the coach. It's, uh, the coaches are not just there like teachers in the school that at the end of the year they're going to pass 32 out of 40 students. The other eight have to repeat. Uh, it's not like that. They, they want results because they, they, they have uh, ambitions as well. Mm. So I think there's a lot of this, those type of factors that, that you look at and you wonder uh, how they can actually improve the, the standard of play. I do think what needs to happen is uh, Cricket South Africa must, and, uh, must arrange more games for the South African A side. Uh, I know it's very difficult in the, in, in, the, in the calendar these days and also I think uh, there's a question of finance. But uh, when you want to bridge the gap, those are the issues that you need to look at. And I'm telling you that uh, if it continues in this way, then the coaches at the higher level, that means the Oakland Kipsons of this world, are going to say that uh, we'd like those players to actually play, be playing more provincial cricket and then also for SAA. Uh, and from there, then maybe when they come to the national side, they take to duck like, they take to water like a duck. Because uh, we've had issues in recent past with some of the players that have been picked uh, that haven't actually delivered at the highest level. Whereas a few seasons back, uh, you had bowlers running in there in their debuts and picking up five wickets. You had batsmen coming off and doing exceptionally well. So you want a system where it's going to produce those type of cricketers. And uh, uh, I think it's important that uh, those issues are looked at now in the off-season.
Mm. On Twitter, Sandile Wella says our cricket is at least giving more players of colour a chance to play. I wish government can introduce cricket in public schools. And uh, also advocate Maru says is enjoying the discussion about cricket. Someone also saying uh, we are talking cricket today. I'm enjoying it. Ngosakaya says yesterday you had football brains and today you have cricket brains. Uh, big up there. And Roxy says all I want is the World Cup or are we just champs of the various uh, <laughs> series? Um, I'm going to take a quick break, gentlemen, but I want you to think about this because i'm going to ask ask you this um after this break there's also a lot of talk about the number of franchises that we have and uh, it's also coming out on twitter as one of the questions there people feel that we need to increase the number of franchises um in in, in domestic cricket we'll discuss that after the break lines are open 0891-104-207 if you have any questions or anything you want to add um uh, to this conversation sport on on safm call tabiso now 0891-104-207 Thank you. Mlu, over to you. I've asked the question, do we need more franchises? Are there not enough franchises at the moment in domestic cricket? What's your take on this debate? Uh, I have a problem with the distance from Port Elizabeth to um, to East London, <laughs> or from East London to Port Elizabeth. I also feel that um, uh, a place like uh, the, the inland in KwaZulu-Natal, if not um, the Greekwoods, uh, so two more franchises for me um, would also quell this whole thing about players um, or franchises looking for players of color and, and and getting them from these provinces and this and that. If you probably would have uh, those, those those two uh, franchises, uh, they would cover the bases in my opinion in terms of uh, player representatives too and very good and capable players. Uh, so yeah. I think, too, even though I know that um, uh, Cricketers Association would probably disagree with me because that now widens the pool and uh, there's, there won't be a lot for um, those that, that, that tend to benefit, especially those that are towards the um, end of their playing careers, too. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a tricky situation there. Mm. Uh, I think that's maybe the re- one of the reasons why we haven't had uh, those discussions have been, I think, at, at AGMs and all of that, but um, um, they, they haven't taken quite a uh, huge notice and maybe interest and maybe people voting for it and, and, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that one day uh, that, that that could be looked at. Mm, Aslam, do you agree or not? And is it a money issue? Uh, yes, it is. And I agree with uh, Lou. In fact, we've discussed this quite often. And knowing that he comes from an area that's sensitive to the history of the game and uh, the fact that he's been uh, made now a, a combined franchise, mm. uh, it is it is a major issue. Right in the beginning, it was about uh, finance and strength versus strength. So they broke it down from provincials, uh, provincial uh, teams, 11 of them, to six franchises. It was a drastic, drastic drop. Uh, and um, I, whilst we all agree that the strength versus strength is important, I think the South African, in the South African context, we are a unique country, we're coming out of a unique system, and we're looking to produce something uh, special of our own, and to have time to remodel it to the old uh, the, the system that existed in apartheid South Africa and also presently in Australia was wrong. Um, that uh, if they were reducing it, uh, they needed to reduce uh, or just reduce it to eight and not to six. So uh, to me, it is a major issue. Uh, the one thing you need to consider, Tabiso, is that when they did that, the number of cricketers that were that were playing in the system was suddenly reduced to half. 
Now, there's a lot of uh, talk about uh, Colpac and the fact that it is uh, the transformation system uh, and the culture system that has uh, uh, driven players out of the country. A lot of people forget that if you had 150 uh, uh, contracted players and to suddenly have that broken down to just about 90 is, is, is almost a sin. Because what do those youngsters do who actually, for most of their high school line, were planning to play cricket? So they mm. took the Colpac route, and that's where you saw the accident. So uh, uh, much to blame there was the, the, the reducing the provincial system, the franchise system, to 16. And we've, uh, we've, we've, we continue to have those problems, because had you had uh, uh, eight teams, as Louis uh, suggesting, there's extra numbers uh, for all co- players of color, and that from a selection point of view, you have more players in the system that you can actually, who are playing at a higher level, that you can select. And that would have then prevented the uh, Cricket South Africa from implementing this uh, rather tough, uh, necessary but tough rule where you have to have a minimum of three players of, uh, uh, three players of color in your team. If you had an extra franchise or two franchises, those, that type of imposition uh, would not be there. It makes it less sensitive to people who care about those types of things or worry about it. And uh, we, would, we wouldn't be in such a sensitive, uh, uh, you know, the discussion at any level wouldn't be so sensitive if I think they address this a little more, uh, uh, they give it a lot more leverage and address it with a little, a little more wisdom. I think there was just too much of finance uh, uh, up in the uh, uh, in the agenda mm. and uh, the concern there. And when they discussed it last year, uh, before this 2017-2018 uh, season uh, kicked off, they uh, apparently went through a uh, uh, in the interview process again, a discussion process, and then they decided that they're not going to increase it. So that was very disappointing, and we're talking about six months back. Mm-hmm. Let's also talk about how players are contracted by Cricket South Africa. There's also a lot of unhappiness from certain quarters here because the Titans have all the best players or have all the international players. Mlu, explain to us how we get to that point. How, how are these players contracted and who decides where they go? Okay, let's, let, let's first talk about the national, uh, contracted, nationally contracted yes, players. Yes, yes. Um, they get to choose where they want to go. Um, mm. it's, it's their choice. So... <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, this time Cape Town is is the favourite. It's hot, and then you're going to get all a whole lot of those players going down there, or up in Pretoria, as you say. Now the Titans have a lot of those players, mm. so um, the uh, cricket South Africa doesn't really have uh, a lot of say in terms of of, of that. Uh, that's why you find a lot of good players maybe in one uh, um, in one franchise. Uh, if if we had centrally contracted players, all of them, as as Aslamis has mentioned, their structures and how we went from 150 now to 90 and probably less. Um, if we had that, maybe let's say the mother body controlling all of that, it would have been we would have been in a good position to get the strength as strength, uh, strength as a strength that we were looking for. You know that uh, uh, a quarter is a good bowler. He's bowling at this much 150. Now you do you need him bowling. Uh, too fast duplicity, 
uh, instead of him being in the side, same mm. side as Dale Stale or so, so that you get that strength as well and be able to get that competitive, uh, competitive uh, level that, that is up high. And for those youngsters that are coming through too, they'll see the standards and where they are to get those professionals. And how nice back in the days, that is, so when we, we, we were still kids playing club cricket and uh, playing mm. in the eight age group representative as well. If you have someone who's playing club cricket with you that's played for the pro tiers back, back in the day when while I was still growing up in, in East London. So those things, um, I would say they're defunct at the moment where you have players that they're, they're coming from the national side and they don't necessarily have to play. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a thorny issue but uh, also comes to a financial issue at the end of the day too. Mm. Let's also acknowledge the tweets here. Tukelo Martin Mukesi says, I think there is a lot of work cricket South Africa needs to do when it comes to township cricket. About five or six years ago when I was playing for Soweto under-19s, we didn't get much game time. We couldn't compete against top cricketing schools like GP and that hasn't changed even uh, today. And also... um, Musandiwa says the Titans should split into Northerns and Easterns and there's somebody calling the Titans the union buildings here because they've got all the best players. And and, and, and Asla, maybe let's touch now on, on what's happening below as far as schools cricket is concerned. You know, are we at the right level as far as, as schools cricket is concerned? And we have all these weeks that happen, Kaya Majola, Coke Week and all of that. Are the players coming through that system and are they good enough? Well, that's two questions. So I'm going to give you two answers. <laughs> okay. the, cricketing, the cricket weeks are working. Yes, you can tick it off and it's fine. It, mm. it has its place on the calendar. The, uh, the first question was uh, school cricket. Yes. It's an emphatic no. As much as they've got this new blue chip thing going on and that they've got the hub systems. I've had gentlemen that we've interviewed during the, the cricket season regarding all of this. Yes, it's all up there. It, it's working. But, uh, and here it's not just the fault of Cricket South Africa, but, uh, the, and I think this is what's happened with, with, uh, our current government, is that the, the focus is so much on, on, on trying to get, uh, uh, to try to repair the damages that they continue to create from a day, to, uh, on a day to day basis, mm. that uh, they are unable to look at some of the important aspects of sport. And, uh, to me, they, they, they need to get involved with Cricket South Africa, with the independent unions, uh, in each part of the country, including those those uh, like uh, um, has just been mentioned, uh, the key problems, the in, uh, what's in Nepal, England, and yes. so on and so forth. Uh, I think the, uh, the 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 deep northern northern problems. All those areas do have their their mini unions. They need to be working hand in hand with cricket South Africa and government to get schools being played at uh, at at uh, at. Um, normal schools and not in the uh, elite schools and also the, uh, uh, what do they call them, the Model C schools. Because I do believe that that is an area that's neglected. I live in an area that's 30 kilometers outside of Johannesburg. Mm. And uh, as much as uh, we have numbers that are burgeoning in the area, uh, we even have some of the townships which have now uh, are joining us in, in our programs. But the, 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 and cricket, and, and Heart and Cricket Board are actually going more than the extra mile mm. to try and encourage us and to make sure that we're running the cricket well here. But when it comes to schools level, it lacks completely. There is, there's no schools competition unless it's run by cricket clubs. Mm. There's no teacher involved. There's no principal involved. There's no sports masters involved. So, uh, whatever argument they will give you, those are the realities that uh, we have, we face now in South Africa. 
and you're talking of an area which 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 uh, uh, you can also um, intrinsically say it is a C, it has a CBD of its own. The Niger is a thriving uh, community in every sense of the word, and yet we have a problem. So can you imagine what it's like when you go into the rural areas? Mm. Then, then it must be really, really poor and drastically. Uh, it needs drastic attention. So, I think schools cricket, uh, with government assistance, uh, needs to be given a hell of a big shot in the arm. All these other programs that are run, as far as the hubs are concerned, and all of that, believe me, uh, it doesn't address the issue of numbers, and that's what the game needs. Mm. If you want to join the conversation, you've got five minutes. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. We'll wrap up. I'm after this break with Mluleki Nzabo and Aslam Kota. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Call Tabiso now. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Mlu, I don't want to wrap up without highlighting what's happening in women's cricket. I mean, Tony Irish and his guys at Saka, they've done some fantastic work. We're seeing the ladies of contracts now. We're seeing some of the, of, of the games are being shown on, 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 on TV. I mean, this is a good story to tell. It's a good start, to be quite honest. Uh, not enough. Um, as you said, at the start of it, we, we applauded it when they had six players uh, who were contracted at the mm. time, but then it has expanded, as you said. Uh, it's work in progress. In my opinion, I'd be happy to have um, uh, cricket that's been playing uh, equally as men, uh, where we have franchise cricket that is, that is uh, almost at a similar level as what is happening around the country in terms of women's cricket too. But um, yes, we've seen market improvement uh, to how they are treated at the moment. And the interest is growing too from them. Mm. Aslam, there's a question for you here on Twitter. Uh, how do you describe the fiasco that is the global T20 tournament that was supposed to happen? The, the one in South Africa or yes. the one that's yes, the one that was going on in India? Supposed to be in South, in South Africa last year. Uh, it was very sad. Uh, I mean, so many people were, were there were so many organizations and uh, parties involved in the whole formation. And the fact that it fell through, I think, um, first of all, we have to feel sorry for all those that were involved and put so much money into it. And, of course, at the end of the day, the fans. Because if there's one thing that, uh, is, 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 uh, that needs to, one format that needs to up its uh, ante very, very much is the T20 in South Africa. Uh, we've been overshadowed by even places like Pakistan and the West Indies. And they don't even have money. Uh, you know, they struggle so much. Uh, but they, they've now hosted between them three uh, tournaments and they've all mm. been successful. They've attracted players from different parts as well. So, yes, it was very disappointing. It worked. It, worked. it has been questions that we've asked Chris Manzani and also uh, Mr. Uh, the CEO, um, Pavang uh, Morel. And uh, they did say that uh, all intents and purposes are to get the tournament going again. Okay. I I just want to go to the caller quickly, Aslam. Um, We'll just wrap up quickly. Patrick? Uh, Evening, Tabiso. Evening, sir. Evening to your guest. Uh, Let me also greet Zon rather as one of the guests. A quick one for me. I'm I'm a little bit weary about our readiness for World Cup for next year. Um, I know we're doing very well in terms of the, the test. But the fact that we don't even have a proper combination in terms of the bowling for our one-day squad is a worry factor. And I, I look back not uh, not long ago when we relied on the on the injury prone stain in the World Cup that was in New Zealand and Australia. 
and my fear that the reliance can also be the same now with Kakhsor Rabada, and no no team is built around him to support him uh, in terms of if he gets injured or if, if he does not hit the form that we know he can hit. That's my biggest problem, and we're in the eve of the World Cup, and we're still fumbling in mm. terms of that. That's my biggest challenge that faces. Okay, nice one. Thanks there, Patrick. And I think uh, the gentleman also did touch on, on it earlier on and gave their views on uh, the Proteas and the readiness ahead of the World Cup next year. So as we wrap up, Mlu and, and Aslam, out of 10 then, what score do you give the state of cricket in South Africa, Mlu Lekin I'll give seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a little bit kind too, but um, I, I think we, uh, as you said, if we get our houses in order, if we get our house in order, we, we should be um, uh, back in the world reckoning. As you said, we still need to get the office going We're with uh, a whole lot of new personnel and so and so replacing who so and so and all of that. But, but you um, give it a yeah, seven. We, we yeah, reluctantly okay. so, but yeah. Aslam. Just a score, please. I reckon seven is a uh, seven is a, is, is a fair call. Uh, um, I think we're being a bit kind, but uh, let's leave it at seven. And uh, Patrick's call was a good one. We did address those issues, but uh, it is a concern even in the South African campus to find the perfect balance for the world for the World Fifteen or the World Cup Fifteen uh, uh, men's squad in. Uh, June next year. Okay, great stuff, gentlemen. Wonderful conversation. People enjoying it. And thank you very much for your time. Aslam Kota and Lulekin Tsabo. My time is up. I am Tabi Somosia. Thank you to Luyolo. And any ideas, suggestions, please feel free to email the cool chick at sport at safm.co.za.